0: Hello, and welcome to Twin Talk. This is Angie, and I'm here with my sister Joy, and we have finally arrived in the wonderful month of October. And Joy, I guess, I don't know, I don't think I even have to ask you this, but... Is October your favorite month of yeah, the year? Yeah, I think uh, October and November are two of my favorite months of the year because of the weather and mm-hmm. the just fall. The leaves turning the pretty colors. I love fall. It's probably I think fall is probably my favorite season. Oh, by far, fall is my favorite season. And it doesn't hurt that our birthday is in October. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that our birthday is in October. And I think even if it wasn't, I would still love fall. I think I would, too. Yeah, so with fall comes halloween and all the you know all the things that come along associated with halloween and you know we kind of say we have a tradition this is only our second october to be doing podcasts right. but last year we did sleepy hollow mm-hmm. the widow's house the widow's house i can't remember if we did anything else so we can't either but this year we've got a really good lineup for you um we're going to be doing dracula we're both currently reading dracula we're going to be discussing The Witch of Blackbird Pond. And we're going to do a little Poe. Mm-hmm. Edgar, Edgar Allan Poe. So, don't know about you. I think I've read maybe a few of his short stories. But mm-hmm. it's been a long time. It's not something I would typically want yeah, to read. I look forward to reading. We're either going to do The Telltale Heart or House of the Seven Gables. We haven't mm-hmm. made up our mind yet. But I'm looking forward to rereading them as an adult. Yeah, I'm kind so. of excited to read Poe. I am seriously want to know... If it's going to scare me. Yeah. You know, I, I want to know, you know, will I be scared? All I can think mm-hmm. of is The Telltale Heart, House mm-hmm. of the Seven Gables, mm-hmm. The Raven, and The Pit and the Pendulum. Yeah, and this are is... Are those his um, key works? I, I could not tell you, but this is kay. interesting. Uh, on the way to school this morning, uh-huh. Cambry was telling me that they are discussing Edgar Allan Poe at school. Oh, and she's in okay. the eighth grade. And she said, oh, let me read you this... Um, a poem that he wrote and it was something about uh bluebells i yeah. can't remember anyway the poem was about him losing his wife how she died and it was beautiful i mm. mean it was absolutely i thought oh he's such a good writer i don't know if you remember this and maybe we can talk about it when we do the ed Allan Poe podcast but when we went to the community college in fort smith they had mm-hmm. a guest speaker who was an expert on him and it was so interesting. Do you remember going to that? Yeah, uh, vaguely. I don't... Okay. I, yeah. I may uh, bring some of the things up he said in that, but I thought it was so interesting. Yeah. He's just a really interesting person. I mean, he's, you know, there's a, it's, he's a tragic figure, but very interesting. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, today, I didn't mention what we're doing today, but we are actually getting ready to discuss the book, We Have Always Lived in the Castle. Now, this is a book that I've never read. I have never heard of. Um, until you brought it to my attention and you taught me into reading it. And here we are in October. You said it would be a good book for October. And now I mm-hmm. see why after yeah. reading it, I see why you thought that. Um, so just real quickly, it was published in 1962. Uh, we Have Always Lived in the Castle is Shirley Jackson's final novel before her death in 1965. Told from the perspective of 18-year-old Mary Catherine, Mary Cat Blackwood, It focuses on the lives of Mary Cat, her older sister Constance, and her uncle Julian in the wake of the tragic murders of the rest of their family. Though Constance was tried for the murders and is popularly believed to have committed them, she was acquitted. The end of the novel reveals that Mary Cat, then 12 years old, was the true murderer. I... Sorry about that Uh, Mm -hmm. okay I have to say I read the book and I was halfway through it and then I went and found this description and I was like oh why did they it was spoiler Mm -hmm. so I just spoiled the this for many many of you readers I should have put the spoiler alert out first I do apologize (laughs) that's okay but uh, like Joy and I were talking about before we started this podcast I said Joy there's no way we can discuss this without revealing that Mary Cat, the 12-year-old, was actually the murderer. You just can't get around it. So You can, but it would be super vague. Yeah, very. And, and all through the book, you get these clues that she was. But for the purposes of our discussion today, we did have to reveal that. Um, so, um, and one more thing I want to mention. Jackson is famous for a short story that she wrote called The Lottery, and Joy and I were talking the other day, and Joy said, Hey, Angie, do you remember back in high school we read that book, that it was short probably story? probably junior high. Yeah. You said we read a short story called The Lottery, and I was like, oh, yeah, I do remember that. But anyway, she, uh, supposedly that is probably one of her most well-known works. Um, but uh, this book, We Have Always Lived in the Castle, has become a cult classic in the more than 50 years since its release. Um, so. And I noticed the other day, um, matter of fact, Jeff, my husband, said, hey... Does this movie look interesting to you? And I looked up, and it was We Have Always Lived in the Castle. Oh, really? They have made a movie about it, and I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but I would like to watch it just to see how closely it follows the book. Yes, and uh, that, uh, according to my notes, the movie was released in 2018. Oh, okay. So that wasn't that long ago. No, it's yeah. fairly new. And I don't know that that was the only release, but there was a movie, a film adaptation in 2018 huh that's interesting okay so um overall impression of the book so my overall impression of the book um it's uh i don't know what adjectives even use it mm-hmm. like i said it was uh it's disturbing it's unsettling <laughs> disturbing you, yeah it's disturbing you know that mm-hmm. you know the main characters mary cat and uh constance you, just something's off but you can't mm-hmm. quite put your finger on it mm-hmm. you know mary cat's crazy little girl I mean and I I, it's so hard to believe she's 18 in the book because she's so immature exactly but but, um Mm -hmm. I just feel like you know something's off and you know something's not quite right but you can't quite put your finger on it but you want to figure out what's going on so Mm -hmm. it's very intriguing it's a page turner to me it is I wanted to know what is going on here yeah it was it was just like you were reading it and you're like something's not right right um these two girls live along with their uncle julian who is disabled he's in a wheelchair and you learn you know little by little they kind of just slowly reveal the details that their family was murdered at dinner Mm -hmm. and that they all had arsenic poisoning Mm -hmm. and constance the older sister is the one who cooked the dinner so everyone suspected that it was her she went to trial. She was acquitted. Uh Mary Cat. No one thinks she did it because she was sent to bed uh, without dinner. Because mm-hmm. the book never says why, but she did something to be punished so that she missed dinner. Right. Um. So. And then it talks about they're very isolated. They live kind of out in the woods. There's a fence around their property. She, Mary Cat, talks. It refers to how the villagers hate them and. And it, it when she goes to town, she is taunted. You know, when she asked her, she hates going to town because she doesn't want to talk to the people, and they are kind of hateful. They kind of they're, taunt they're, her. They're and, very ostracized yes. as far as the townspeople. They're, um, yeah, they look at them as if because they think somebody got away with murder, right? And which they did, mm-hmm. definitely. Okay, so let's talk about real quickly, Mary. Catherine Mary Cat in the book. They call her Mary Cat. So Mary Cat is the novel's narrator and protagonist. She's currently 18 years old, but she was 12 when most of her family died after being poisoned. You already mentioned the fact that she's very immature. What are Mm -hmm. some other kind of strange things about this little girl? She's (laughs) very weird. She's very superstitious. Mm -hmm. She'll, like, uh, do things to ward off bad luck. It's like she practices magic. Yes, it's almost like in her mind, she thinks she's practicing magic. I don't know that she really is. She buries money in the yard. She grabbed her dad's watch and hung it on a tree to like to ward off evil maybe tre- she nailed or a nailed book to a, a tree or nailed a book to a tree and then later maybe mm. nailed the watch yes, there yeah like she'll take expensive things like money and hide it in the yard or like her dad's gold watch or whatever anyway she um she has no regard for money or things like that she's super um what's the word when you don't like a hermit like she doesn't mm-hmm. want to be around people she wants to be around people Her older sister, Constance, but that's about it. And her cat, her cat, Julian. She's a cat person. There's only two things in her life that she loves, and that's her sister, Constance, and and her her cat, cat Julian. Uh, Julian's the uncle. Oh, you're right. Um, Uh, What was the cat's name? Julian's the uncle, Constance is the sister. I can't believe I can't remember that. They said that cat's name a thousand Uh, times. I can't remember it either. I mean, I can't remember that stupid cat's name, but anyway. (laughs) Maybe um, they'll come back to us Yeah, I hope so. And so Constance uh, is Mary Cat's 28-year-old sister who was 22 at the time of the murders. Uh, Like I said earlier, she's widely believed to have poisoned her family despite being acquitted. And Constance is a a recluse who only goes as far out as the garden. So we've Mm kind of already mentioned that. And to um, me, she kind of spoils Mary Cat because no matter what Mary Cat does, it seems like she doesn't get on to her. She doesn't ever reprimand her. Oh, Mary Cat. She kind of sees her as that... Cute little sister, which is so disturbing when we find out that she knew that Mary Cat poisoned the family. Yes. So. She, yeah, and we're going to get into that just a little bit okay. more. But that is, you know, in, in the beginning, you're thinking Mary Cat, you know, Mary Cat, one thing we should mention too is she always has these death wishes for people. Yeah. <laughs> she's always wishing people would die. She wants all the villagers dead. Yeah. And Constance, throughout the book, she seems like the normal person. Like she's the normal one. But Mm -hmm. as the book progresses, you start thinking. Wait a minute. Constance yeah. knows that her younger sister killed her family, and she she's never... She's okay with she's it. okay with it. She yeah. never told on her, never ratted her out. She even apologized for bringing... Towards the end of the book, she acknowledges that Mary Kat's the one that poisoned everybody. Mm-hmm. And, of course, she made sure that she put it in the sugar because she knew that Constance didn't take sugar with her Yeah, so she, yeah that was one reason she chose that yeah. method because she knew Constance didn't So, that's really what's so sugar. disturbing. And I'm sorry, am I jumping the gun? I no, can't wait I to just, say this. No, I just... Um, what you just mentioned we're going to talk about a little bit more but it's okay okay okay. what i was gonna say was you made a good point earlier when we were talking before the podcast we were talking about how mary cat's really supposed to be the crazy lunatic kind of person of the story unhinged and just like oh my gosh you know she's kind of the crazy person Mm -hmm. but then when we find out that constance knew that she that mary cat was the one that uh poisoned the family and then constance Loved her so much that she stood trial and never Mm -hmm. told everyone the truth. And of course, she was found acquitted, but she never questioned, as far as we can tell in the book, she never questioned her, like, why did you do it? And then she did bring it up one time and later apologized, Oh, I'm sorry I brought it up that you're the one that killed everybody. Right. Like she's super apologetic. So that right there makes me think is she scared of Mary Cat? Because she's apologizing to her, Oh, I'm sorry I brought that up. Yeah, I know. It's, Do you it's, think she's scared of Mary Kat No, or? I don't. Uh, every everything I she read, be. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess that's subject to opinion. But most of the reviews that I read, they all just believe that she just loved her so unconditionally mm-hmm. that she just, you know, ex- she. It just she seems was like willing she... to sacrifice her reputation and mm-hmm. her life to to ensure that the protect was protected. Mm-hmm. And it seems like she doesn't hold any grudge, or she's. it seems like she's not bitter. Mm-hmm. She just seems, oh, little Mary Cat, you sweet little thing. And I, I gotta mean, tell you. She just seems like it didn't bother her at all that the whole family was poisoned. Yeah, and I gotta tell you, like, I know that we're literally revealing all the main things that happened mm-hmm. in the book, as far, but. You know, honestly, you, you have to read this book to get this unsettling feeling, mm-hmm. the way the author writes this out. It's just the most odd. It's eerie. It's mm-hmm. eerie. It's odd. It's like you're listening to these people act about the deaths of their family as if though it was nothing. Yeah, And so, so just it's, an it's just an everyday occurrence. Well, and right. I think that's why Shirley Jackson is such a great writer, mm-hmm. because there's no really i think shirley jackson is touched in the head <laughs> yeah well i'm just saying though like most books when they want to be eerie or scary mm-hmm. or unsettling they go into gore and mm-hmm. violence and and yes people did get killed by eating sugar relates with arsenic but my point is <laughs> there was no blood and gore yeah. and cussing and language and she was able to get across what so many people want to, that eerie, mm-hmm. unsettling feeling without having to go into violence or gore. Okay, I agree. That I is feel what's... like she's good at that. Same thing with the lottery. It's unsettling. It's like, mm-hmm. what? You know something's not right and something's, everything's not at face value. And you don't find out to the very end what's really going on. She's very good at making you go, what the heck is going on? Okay, so I agree with you. The genius in her writing is the fact that she's literally just letting you listen into people's everyday conversations and thoughts. And they sound like, you know... Normal. I mean, you're listening to just what you would think would be a normal family, but... There's always something in the way they say it Mm -hmm. or or something they say that you're, it literally just makes, stops you in your tracks and you're like, what? She'll she'll (laughs) drop little breadcrumbs for you and little, little small hints along the way to help you, you know, try to figure the mystery out yourself, Mm -hmm. but not so much that it's obvious sometimes. I hate when authors give you too much help and you're like, you almost make you feel stupid. Like we're not smart enough to figure it out on our own. You're absolutely right. She has such a good balance in giving you just enough facts and just Mm -hmm. enough details to try to To keep you you interested mm -hmm. and to keep you guessing. Yeah, but not just spoon-feed it to you. Exactly. Uh Uh-oh, that was weird. Spoon-feed like... I was thinking oh. of them eating the strawberries with a spoon, mm. but maybe not. Anyway, go ahead. So, the only, <laughs> the only other character I think we need to mention is Julian Blackwood, mm-hmm. and he is the uncle that was living with them. And this is what's even more disturbing to me, Joy. Mm-hmm. He is the their dad's brother who was living with them at the time. He was at the table eating, and he actually ate some of the arsenic, but, but he did not eat enough to, to actually kill him. Yeah, he survived. He survived, but... uh the arsenic actually did cause him... It did cause him a, uh, some severe disabilities as far as he couldn't yeah. walk anymore. And his he's wife... He's in a wheelchair. He's, he's a a wheelchair. mentally disabled. He forgets things very easily. He's very scatterbrained. And here's what's really disturbing. His wife did die. She yes. was at the table, too. Mm-hmm. And yet... But because of his mental uh disability, like, you know, he's 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 old, too. It's like... It's almost like that didn't really even... Register with him, you know, it's like he realizes his wife died, but you don't see a whole lot of remorse, you know, in that. Okay, so let's just, um, real quickly, I'm just going to mention that there are some themes in the book. Uh, the biggest theme in the book is isolation. Mm-hmm. There's, they are just, they are always by themselves, they're away from uh, the village, they're away from social life, you know, they don't interact with people. Uh, the theme of family is very prominent, which is—I <laughs> <laughs> I snort when I say that—it yeah. is not really a nuclear family. But anyway, um, okay. The other thing that was real interesting to me that I learned when doing some research about this book—they talk about how much female power. How oh, much she talks about female power okay. in this book? Okay, the fact that the little girl wipes out her whole family because mm-hmm. they sent her to bed without dinner—that's true. And they were talking about magic. Evil. Okay, so you know how Mary Kate would practice magic throughout the book. Well, I never thought about this, but one thing that was brought out was it's mostly women who practice. Oh, who I've practice never thought magic, about like that. Wit- witches are typically considered to be female, mm-hmm. and who pra- like black magic is a lot of times, is considered to be practiced by right. women. And then they mentioned food. They said food is a huge. A symbol in the book, so okay. it was it was arsenic. They were able to poison the food that mm-hmm. that that killed the family, and then all through the book, Constance is cooking, and she is mm-hmm. the, the source of the not the source of the food but she prepares the food and then they mention all the time that there's these preserves down in the mm-hmm. cellar and that represents generations of women who have who have preserved food oh, for okay. the family anyway it, it, you you can get really deep in this mm-hmm. book if you want to really study it was jonas the name of the cat i do believe so okay I, I it was just came to, to, to say me, maybe jonas i was wanted to say jonas earlier but i wasn't sure yeah. I, I was thinking salem or jonas for some, jonas some reason right. yeah. jonas sounds right yes uh, yeah i think that's right so anyway food and magic they said are two of the big themes Mm -hmm. um in this and then guilt they talked about how even uh, guilt in the book it's like not really acknowledged there is Mm -hmm. no guilt in the book it seems like mary cat does not have a conscience and it seems like constance doesn't have a conscience but they they're aware enough to not let anybody know who did it Mm -hmm. So, uh, so they must know the difference between right and wrong or they would Yeah, and what's interesting is throughout the book that there are little clues. Every once in a while, one of them will say something that makes you think they do feel a little guilt. But overall, that's... Yeah, they just seem content to go on. They seem content that life life just goes on like nothing happened. Okay, so what one word would you use to describe this book and so i said it a while ago but yeah i and i read this i was reading some reviews because honestly i'm like i like i said earlier i just couldn't quite put my finger on it like what is it about this book that gives me this kind of weird feeling, and I was reading a review on Goodreads, and what one of the readers said was, this book is so unsettling. And mm-hmm. I thought, that is it. That's the word I was looking for that I couldn't find while I was reading it. It's just very unsettling. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what else to say about it, but I, to me, the fact that she can, like I said earlier, the fact that she can make me feel that way with mm-hmm. this book uh, is pretty cool. Yeah. Ugh. And so... You also said the word disturbing. Yes, I think disturbing. Those, I think the two words unsettling and disturbing best describe this book. Yeah. So, one of the things that the villagers would chant when they would see Mary Cat in the village, when she would have to go in like once a week to get groceries, uh, it was really creepy to me, and I was just going to read it. And this is the little chant that the villagers would chant. Mary Cat said, Connie, would you like a cup of tea? Oh, no, said Mary Cat, you'll poison me. Mary Cat, said, Connie, would you like to go to sleep down in the boneyard ten feet deep? Yeah, it reminds mm. me. But, you know, they say a lot of those little rhymes are based on actual events. So, mm. uh, you know, like Humpty Dumpty. And, oh, right. Bring you know, right. Around the Rosie. They are based on actual events. So that, So, little do those kids know... You know, peop- yeah. that they what they're saying is true. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, yeah. you know, it's based on truth. Mm-hmm. Now, this, one of the most weird parts of the book to me was Mary Cat, I think she, if I remember this correctly, she's she's trying to get away from their cousin who had come to visit, and she's mad at him. And she runs to what they call their summer house, uh, another house that they owned. And she goes in where the table would have been, and she starts having these thoughts. And uh, it's this is her imagination, and this is what she's imagining in her mind. And she's imagining her family sitting around the table talking, and she's listening into them. Okay, and they. This is what some of the things the family says. Mary Catherine should have anything she wants, my dear. Our most loved daughter must have anything she likes. You must never be punished. Lucy, you are to see to it that our most loved daughter, Mary Catherine, is never punished. I have heard, Lucy, of disobedient children being sent to their beds without dinner as a punishment. This must not be permitted with our Mary Catherine. Mm-hmm. What and did I, you think about that I passage? just think that's the author's way of showing us into how immature and how warped her mind is. Because like we said, we know she got sent to bed without dinner and she got angry and that's why she poisoned the family. And I'm thinking... Probably other things that happened before that to lead up to it. But I just think that's her giving us a glimpse into her weird mind. I truly believe that people who are mentally Mm unstable probably do think like that. Yeah, and really, true. I don't know about 12-year-olds, but I know when I was a kid, and I've heard other people say this, that... And I think of, like, the Christmas story. Do you remember when Ralphie was in trouble oh, and yeah. he, like, he dreamed he was blonde and his parents just felt oh, so sorry gonna, for him? You're going to regret this. Yeah, yes. you're going to, I mean, I think all of us as kids have thought about, mm-hmm. um, imagined what we really want our parents to say or do, but I just think Mary Kat kind of takes it to a whole nother oh, level. Yeah. I mean, to think that a 12-year-old got sent to dinner with, or I'm sorry sent to bed without dinner and that was her way of responding was to poison I her know, family that just shows there's a yeah. lot of evil and then or, in her mind maybe not even evil just like she maybe she was one of those what's it called sociopath sociopath, yeah. sociopath yeah. or psychopath the just... one that doesn't have a conscience and that's or... what's so crazy about this book is here. she we know she's killed her family and she's this is the thought she's having yeah. oh we will never punish her right. and then oh she's our it's not our about baby dad it's about yes and... what she wished they would have been saying yeah. in one review i read it said she felt like they owed her an apology yes you know? yes ex- absolutely yeah. yeah so okay so here's another this is another creepy which part goes of back to this is where i wish i knew my definitions better is it a narcissist who only thinks of themselves and mm-hmm. everybody owes them yes I, I don't know how to label her she's either a narcissist or a, a sociopath psychopath i don't know the difference <laughs> yeah, i don't know the difference between all of them but she's one of those uh, definitely okay so here's another quote from the book This is uh, Mary Cat. I'm going to put death in all their food and watch them die. Constance stirred and the leaves rustled. The way you did before, she asked. It had never been spoken of between us, not once in six years. Yes, I said after a minute, the way I did before. Mm -hmm. So, in the six years, Constance never once mentioned anything to Mary Cat, but hey, Remember when you killed our parents? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, I mean, I don't mean to sound flippant. And brother. And and brother and our aunt. uh, And she's like... Oh, the other way you did before. And then, like you said earlier, Constance actually does apologize. Like, oh, I'm sorry I brought that up. Right. You know, our whole How life, dare yeah, me? How dare Bring me? Bring the fact that you killed our whole but, family. I mean, that's just another example of... So, when we talk about this book's disturbing, this is what we're talking about. Yeah. This kind of stuff right here. And at the very end, and this I won't do a spoiler on, but there is a major event that happens and... And they're even pushed even to deeper isolation. Mm-hmm. And, and, they're, and they're in these horrible surroundings and yeah. settings. But the end of the book is it, Constance, uh, Mary Kat says, Oh, Constance, I said, we are so happy. And, <laughs> I mean, you talk about warped. Yeah. I mean, it was just a warped Yeah, book, and it makes so. me wonder what kind of background Shirley Jackson had. Because mm-hmm. these are the only two stories I've ever read by her. The Lottery and We Have Always Lived in the Castle. Yeah, And both of them are, have some pretty warped characters pretty warped ideas about life and it just makes me wonder like where she drew her material from all right so i just want to i want to mention one more thing and then we are going to talk about the author for just a second but okay so one thing that i thought was fascinating the statement this statement the final line of the novel is chilling Mary Cat has succeeded in convincing Constance to abandon the outside world and the two sisters truly feel happy in their isolated home. Yet while the sisters previously hid from the villagers in fear, they now laugh as they do so, delighting in being the cause of so much fear and mystique. So now they're sitting inside their house laughing because they know people are scared of them. So anyway. You know, I just thought of something. Mm -hmm. If we're about to talk about the author. Yeah. Did she commit suicide? Um or do I have her confused with someone else? actually um you know I, I have the, you know that she died in 1965 mm-hmm. but I don't remember why I don't recall reading why. Okay, for some um, reason I had it in my head and I was going to look it up on your phone but when I did well ago this music I, started playing real loud and I'm afraid to do that again. Okay, I'm going to read you what um okay. uh, what I what I do have written down about okay. her and it might help fill in a few of the okay. gaps. Okay, so Right during the writing of Castle, Sh- Shirley shuffled through her options and chose agoraphobia as the best answer for her character. So we mm-hmm. do see her; they are agoraphobic, and that means you're scared that to go means, outside. Yeah, you're scared. You you're a you you're scared agoraphobia is when you want to be alone you're afraid to interact socially i I believe so jackson herself suffered from agoraphobia in the wake of the publication of the novel soon after we have always lived in the castle was published jackson had a nervous breakdown oh remaining in her house for six months okay it took her two years to fully recover and begin writing again hoping to finally leave her husband and be liberated Sadly, she died before this dream could be, re- be real. So, that's interesting mm. that her, she suffered from that. And so, did she kind of, so are these characters based on her? Is exactly. Constance kind of based on her? Uh, that's what I believe because she, she suffered from agoraphobia and then she writes about these two girls who are the same thing. Well they way. say write so, about what you know best. Mm-hmm. And so they said, like I just said, you know, after she published the book, she apparently she was in her house for six months, had a nervous breakdown and here we go back to that whole theme of artists and writers who are mentally unstable. And, okay. Well, here's what it mm-hmm. says about cause of death. Okay. In 1965, Jackson died in her sleep at her mm-hmm. home in North Bennington at the age of 48. Her death was attributed to a coronary occlusion due to... Arteriosclerosis or cardiac arrest. Okay, it sounds like she did die uh, of a heart attack. I don't know where. It was... That's pretty young. I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know where I got that she committed suicide. I think I'm confusing Probably her with Sylvia Plath had... or somebody. Well, it, I mean, it does say she had a nervous breakdown. So maybe you're just thinking along those lines. But... Yeah, but that is interesting that she suffered from that and had a nervous breakdown. Wow. You know what? I uh, forgot to think of a writing word. But I mean, let's just do castles. How many? Yeah. Uh, how many castles do you? You give well I give it a four okay. I just think it's really well written like I said it just has that element of suspense and that unsettling feeling and I just think she's a master at and I'm kind of thinking of the lottery as well mm. I feel like I'm kind of combining the two but I just feel like that's why it's a classic it's just so well uh-huh. written and Mary Cat is Kind of out. I feel like her characters kind of way out there. But we also have to remember when was this written in the sixties? Um, nineteen sixty two. Yeah, it was written in the sixties, so the language is going to be a little different. But yeah, I just I give it a, I give it four castles. How about you? I don't know. I just don't. I'm so, <sighs> If, if it were written today, let me say yeah, this. If okay. it were written in modern day, mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh, my gosh, this is kind of cheesy. This is, you know, the way she writes Mary Cat. I'd probably give it like a two and a half or three. But I just feel like for oh. that time period that maybe she was a little ahead of her time period. Yeah. Um, I Okay, I guess the reason I'm uh, conflicted is because though it's very well written and she definitely accomplished what she set out to do and that mm-hmm. was what we've talked about the whole podcast is is to it's a masterful word but I just don't like stories like that I don't like to read stories that are so bizarre and mm-hmm. weird you know um. There, because I don't like that. I don't right. like that feeling. So though. it's not like you don't think she's a good writer. Exactly. You just don't like reading it because it's. It makes you feel kind of ugh. Correct. It. I totally agree that she's a great writer and I. I think she's a genius at what she does. But I don't want to feel like you said and, and now there are people out there who like to feel like like it's just like watching scary movies there's some people who love to watch mm-hmm. horror films and i'm not one of them and yeah. i think that kind of crosses over into my reading so um i would you know i'll give it yes uh, for the writing and uh, what a great writer she's i'll give it four castles uh but would i recommend it to someone no mm-hmm. i would not would you recommend this book i think I think about people who might like reading about, like you know, that I don't know. Yeah, people who like to have that unsettling feeling. Mm-hmm. That I think I would. Now, it depends on what type of literature they like reading. Sure, and and I and this might sound kind of weird, but if if you're an aspiring writer, I would recommend this to someone who is trying to new writing techniques. And mm-hmm. she has some really great writing techniques, mm-hmm. and just the way she gets things across in such unusual ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I would recommend it for. Like you said, people who like that sort of thing, that kind of, um, it, it's kind of, it, I, I totally get why it's a cult, why what kind mm-hmm. of has a cult following, Yeah, because it just has that vibe to it, yes. you know, and... It's just very unique. It's very unique. So, I would recommend it to you cult people, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. I would recommend it to maybe to aspiring writers. I think it's worth yeah. mentioning, too, and I forgot about this, but she also wrote The Haunting of Hill House.
1: And
0: oh, I did. I did read that. That was a very big book for her. Yes, it was a big book for her, and it was made into a movie. I have not read the book. I have mm-hmm. not seen the movie. Okay, but I just think that's interesting that she did have a that book made it into a movie, and now you know we have always lived in the castle. Oh, yeah, that's another question I have for you. What is the meaning of that title? We have always lived in the castle. I have pondered this big word. Mm-hmm. Pondered. I have pondered mm-hmm. the title and honestly i just i've never come to like just a good conclusion now i can just google it in five seconds Mm -hmm. and see what other people think but Um, i wanted to come to something on my own one thing i did discover was they said that the title was the first thing that came to her really yeah they said that before she ever wrote the book she knew that was going to be the title so So what is that all about i mean i guess i know that's their home that's their castle we have always Mm -hmm. lived in the castle. I just don't get it, and I like I said I can cheat and I can Google it and I can look it up and mm-hmm. I'll probably be like, oh, I get it now. But yeah, I wanted to figure it out on my own and I have not been able to. Well, without trying to give too much away, spoiler like at the end of the book, their house ends up looking like a castle, and that was one thing I read. Oh, I forgot yeah. once. Yeah, we can, can't that, say it. Once that, something happens. Their house was transformed. Catastrophic event. Okay, and, uh, I forgot. It, it, I, it, it was, has a new appearance and it yes. reminds her of a castle. Yes, so that, okay. they say that, that the castle part refers to what the house looks like I now. wonder if she had the but ending in mind That's what when I don't she know. came up because with Because if you title. have your title before you ever write your book, well, surely she had a storyline in mind. And, mm-hmm. and they did say that um, it was Mary Cat I believe, or one of the girls. They said she did intend for, that that was her and um did represent shirley jackson i'm I'm not positive but it was something to that effect and and the other thing i do want to mention was one of her other books and i can't remember which book it was she wrote she just happened to stumble upon a review accidentally that someone had reviewed of this other book and they wrote in the review shirley jackson's this great author it was a great book it was about these two lesbians okay and she gets so upset because in her mind, they were not lesbians, but someone oh, right. else interpreted it that they oh, were, okay. and so she said in Castle, she said I was going to make dang sure that that my views and uh, that their characters were so well written that mm-hmm. no one could misinterpret my meanings in this book. They said that really set her off that someone misinterpreted her yeah. previous work. I would hate that too if mm-hmm. someone. Uh, if I had very clear intentions mm-hmm. with my characters and who they are and what they were and, and someone misinterpreted it, I, it would it, it would really yeah, bug me, too. I don't blame her. Sure. Yeah. Hey, this also says, I'm looking at this Wikipedia, it says, um, The Haunting of Hill House was described by Stephen King as one of the most important horror novels of the 20th century. Oh. So I think that's pretty cool that oh, one Stephen of our... Oh, Stephen King said that. Yeah, that Stephen King said that about her book. So. Well, and I was thinking when you said that earlier about several of her books being filmed, becoming films you know that doesn't happen unless the book is really good yeah you I mean, have to have some good content yeah. well not always yeah. but for the most part for not, a book to become a movie there has to be a good storyline yeah, there. they're not going to consider or adaptable there's some there's got to be a lot of really good uh content, con- content story and story line and storyline before yeah. they'll do that so i agree yeah, yeah. Well, I guess that's really all I had to to say about this book. Uh, I mean, I want to tell you thank you for introducing me the <laughs> well, book. But I not did early. encourage you to read it. <laughs> I just thought you would enjoy it because you love reading about, like, you know, the north. I I just kind of pictured it taking place in like the northeast, you know, like with mm. the Boston, the old time cemeteries, like you know, you love the Sleepy mm. Hollow. I just kind of almost pictured that time period in that type setting. Yeah. Although we find out it's really probably more in the future than I thought, mm-hmm. so I just kind of thought you would just like the setting, but you, yeah, I mean, just, like I said, I enjoyed. It's just the feeling it left you with. You didn't I enjoyed like. just. It, I don't know how to explain it. It was like the the, the part I enjoyed was just. Watching her methods and, and mm-hmm. the way she wrote, but as far as the actual storyline, I was like, okay, this is weird. It is very <laughs> yeah. weird. Yeah. Like, I kept thinking, "G joy, thanks." Well, at least thanks. it's not super long, and it didn't it yeah. didn't uh, rob you of too many hours of your life. Yeah, you're right. It, because the story's not that long. And, and you're like. and I'm getting you back because I'm making you read Dracula, and I have to say, it is one of the longest books I've read in a long time. And yeah. poor Joy's oh, having gosh. to poor Joy's having to listen to it on audiobook. but she's being a trooper and she's mm-hmm. staying in there, so we are going to do Dracula. I love Dracula. Well, we won't get into it now. I'll get into you why I love it and why I hate it when we do the podcast. It is kind of a love-hate relationship with Dracula. It is, for sure. I have to say. And like I said, I'm very excited about The Witch of Blackbird Pond. I'm really excited about that one. And Edgar Allan Poe, I'm afraid it's going to be more like Castle. I'm going to be like, oh, this is so depressing, Mm -hmm. but we'll see. Yeah, his stuff is very dark and depressing, but like I said, we're trying to do some scary... Yeah. books for or not necessarily scary but yeah. things that kind of go with the theme of october spooky, yeah. scary and i just want to do a plug real quick and i'm going to say this every year but go read legend of sleepy hollow mm-hmm. uh it's a great yearly tradition uh to read that story during this time of year yeah so i agree all right anything any last words no okay all right well i guess we will see you guys next time on twin, twin talk, talk.